You are listening to Strolling Down Main Street, Season 2, Episode 2. Today on Magic Minute, we are talking jumping jellyfish. On Random Musings, we will talk villainous. For Disney Psych, we are talking about Scar. And for our game time, we are playing Disney Trivia. Greg. Welcome to Strolling Down Main Street. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for joining us. You can find us at Strolling DMS on Instagram and Facebook. Come back often and feel free to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. All links are in the show notes. Now, now let's, let's get, get strolling! strolling. sounded like in my brain i sounded like dax shepherd oh off of armchair expert welcome 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 (laughs) (laughs) i'm probably not allowed to say that it's copyrighted yeah probably trademark whatever it is yeah so today we will start off with our magic minute of jumping jellyfish jumping jellyfish Small thrills. Small thrills, yes. But with a extraordinary height requirement. Yeah. Do you, did we look it up? I think it's 40 inches, isn't it? It's like 40 inches, yeah. I should look it up and see. Just because. Uh, good old Disneyland app. Where are you hiding? We're checking wait times that are non-existent at the moment. Yeah. Zero minutes. I think it's more temporarily closed. Temporarily closed. Temporarily closed minutes. Possibly opening in like a month, which is a little bit terrifying. (laughs) Considering the little map we just saw of... All the outbreaks? All the outbreaks. Yes. Yikes. Jumping jellyfish. 40 inches. Okay. 40 inches. Okay. There we go. Um, So what I... What I was going to do here with this one, and we can cut stuff out as we need to cut them out, was listen to the tick-tick on the phone. Didn't we do that last time, too? We played it. We didn't. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Okay. So that I can put it in and have it not worry about the level that it's at. Okay. You, You can just cut this stuff. No, I can't. Okay. Who wants to go first? Um, I guess I'll go first. Because I got a earbud in to listen to our little tick, tick, tick. Okay. So, all right. Ready and go. Um, So, Jumpin' Jellyfish, as we briefly mentioned, it's got a 40-inch height requirement for what is a very kiddie ride. And... 40 inches is pretty tall for little children. They can go on most other rides by then. Um, I don't know. It's very tame. It's kind of relaxing. It's most likely a short lineup. Um, Could be long, probably. Um, Good with little kids. It's just that they can go on much cooler rides, unfortunately. It does have a nice view, though, and is 
just refreshing. It's just gentle and easy. Um, but there might be some adults that like it that don't like thrill rides, so I don't know. I've been on it a few times. And it's been okay. Alright. It is Susie's turn now. So she will let me know when she is ready. Ready, ready. Ready, ready. Okay. And go. Well, you stole all of my ideas. But, uh, yeah. I like it. It's cute. I hadn't been on it in a really long time until our most recent trip and we got good seats. We were facing inward to like the water and that's really nice and peaceful like Greg said. Um, it's kind of like a nice, yeah, soothing sensation when you kind of, it's very floaty like jellyfish. You definitely get that jellyfish vibe and the little ones really like it because it's like super non-threatening. So I can see the appeal if you have a kid that's like a little more timid because they can go on other stuff, but maybe they don't want to. So then they still have something that's kind of like thrilling, quote unquote. <laughs> All right. So that is jumping jellyfish. Yeah. Next segment we have random musings all right today we are talking about villainous the board game if you haven't heard of it yeah it's a disney board game and it came out in 2018 and it's by ravensburger that's who made i think there's a i don't know that's who publishes it i think there's a, someone who made it but i don't know I just remember reading it. Prospero Hall? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, it's more good. important to know what the game is than yeah. who it's, exactly made it. Um, yeah, so today we're going to talk to you about kind of the general premise of the game, the different sets and characters that are currently available, what's included in your game kit, how long it takes to play, and how difficult it is to play. Yeah, so, so... After you. After me? What does it say for here? Does it have an age on these ones? I don't know if it does. It does not. Interesting. Yeah, so it, one oh, thing... Oh, it does. Oh, on that it one. It says two or three players. Oh, ten and up. Ten and up. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree, because the oldest little one we have in our lives is seven, and it would be too much. So I guess the general the general premise of the game is you're a villain and you're trying to complete your villainous deed, whatever that happens to be. So with, say, Jafar, it's to control the genie and get the lamp. Um, Maleficent is to kind of curse everyone. Captain Hook, defeat Peter Pan, things like that. So you're trying to complete the stuff that they generally fail at in the movies. And if you've ever played, like, um, magic cards? Yeah. Or, like, D&D, um, Dungeons and Dragons? I've never played either of those, but um, Greg has played at least magic cards. Yeah. 
and it's kind of like in that vein because it's like I'd say the 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 yes and no it's not a card game per se like that but it has a lot of the conditions that yeah just like it having rules and conditions and like it's not made up by anybody it's actually on the cards because i know dungeons and dragons there's like somebody kind of making stuff up as you play but yeah so I guess we'll go maybe into like what's included because that kind of helps you like explain the game a little bit. So in the game box, and you can buy either the main game, which comes with six villains, or one of the expansions, which come with three, and the expansions work on their own as well, though. And you can also mix and match all of them together. Um, says 40 minutes for two players, 120 minutes for six players. It's probably pretty accurate. You can go quite a bit longer, uh, depending on um, what you draw in the game from the cards. So we'll just go with what we've opened up this one, which is Villainous, what is it? Evil Comes Prepared, which is one of the expansion packs. So it's got three characters. Um, So each character gets a Fate deck, a Villain deck, a Mover, and a Villain board. So if we take a look at that stuff, so all those play part, and they all only interact with themselves, essentially. Like, so we don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about Yzma's fate deck um, with me, because it doesn't affect me. Um, Yeah, so I think that's the main stuff in there. You also get all of your little power tokens. And I don't know, any comments on the look and design of the game and all that stuff yeah i like it it's like definitely looks like it's more meant to appeal to like older children and adults it's like definitely got like darker colors um the visuals on the cards are not overly cartoony they're kind of like stylized like they don't look exactly like they would in the movie they're a little bit uh different looking and yeah it looks really cool the characters are very like abstract like the movers they're the color that you would most associate with the character so like yzma is purple and then it's kind of got like this thin silhouette with the kind of floofy you know, her little whatever, what you would call it. Headdress. Headdress mm-hmm. thing shooting out. But it's like definitely like not obvious as to what it is if you don't know what it is. Like if someone just saw this, they wouldn't be like, oh, that's Yzma from... It's not a little figurine of Yzma. It's a representation of her. Yeah, I don't think any of them are that, to be honest. I don't think you would... The closest I would say is Cruella, just looking at... Yeah. Because it's got, like, kind of her coat and her, like, head. But it's it's still very abstract. Yeah. Like, there's no faces or anything. It's kind of like a silhouette or, or even more vague than that, kind of. Yeah. It's quite clear once you know what's what. But yeah. if you were to just look at them, if you saw a collection of these on the table, you might be like, what the heck are those? Yeah. But when you say, oh, they're Disney villains... 
I think you could probably guess most of them. We'll post a picture on our Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, and they're kind of like opaque and translucent. Like there's different yeah. kind of amounts of see-throughness. Yeah. Yeah, to be very articulate. But yeah, they're cool. They're really neat looking. What about you? Yeah, I, I think I think the whole design and package of it is done very well. If you buy the, if you get the expansion ones, you don't get the little cauldron. I mean, it's That's not, where your power tokens go. Yeah, it's not the most exciting thing, but... It's kind of just like a plastic... Yeah, plastic bowl. Thing. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it looks cool. It's got a cool shape to it. It's probably the um, cheapest feeling thing of the whole set. Yeah. That culture. Yeah. Not in a bad way, like yeah. it, but it is the cheapest. Like, the, the figurines are very cool, very well designed, very... Um, yeah. And then the... Like the backs of the cards for your decks are really, really quite neat. They've got a very stylized look to them. And it's quite obvious which is your fate and your villain because your fate deck all has white backs. Your villain deck all has the color that matches your um, mover and your character board and all that stuff. And the images on the actual um, fate deck cards and villain deck cards are also stylized. Like, they're really cool pictures and they're not necessarily pictures exactly from the movie some of them are but some of them are i think they've all they, they might be direct from the movie but at the very least there's some sort of filter put on them or something like that just to make it more painterly i would say at least yeah. on scars back which i'm currently looking at yeah but yeah they obviously put a lot of work into giving it like a certain look it's definitely like a darker gothic-y kind of looking game and yeah. like even just looking at the boxes you can tell tell that like they're very deep shades of color like the red purple green brown and then they kind of have like a i don't know they kind of look creepy yeah the lettering and yeah they're neat but so yeah if you buy an expansion you get everything you need to play which is pretty cool because i think they're not overly expensive well, the main game, which has six characters, was... I think 50. Yeah, and then I think each expansion is, like, around 40. Yeah, but I think we're... I think in the States it's even cheaper. Is it? Okay. I think it's, like... I think they're, like, twice as much up here. Okay. So. And then, yeah, the expansions are called Wicked to the Core, Perfectly Wretched, and Evil Comes Prepared. And I think the first game has the tagline of the worst takes it all. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just say which characters there are in the sets currently. So in Perfectly Wretched, we have Pete from Steamboat Willie, Cruella DeVille, and Mother Gothel. And then in Wicked to the Core, we have Hades, Dr. Facilier, and Evil Queen. And Evil Comes Prepared. We have Scar, Yzma, and who's that last one? Uh, Radigan from Great Mouse Detective. And in the main villainous game, you get Captain Hook, Maleficent, Jafar, Ursula, Queen of Hearts, and Prince John from Robin Hood. I only mentioned those couple ones because some people might not. Well, yeah, I think I did it for Pete because yeah. I wouldn't have known. Um, Doc, and Dr. Facilier is from um, Princess and the Frog. I feel yeah. like more people would know that. But but yeah, so that's the characters. 
Um, and we kind of went into the premise and what's included. Time to play. Um, difficulty is like it ranges depending on which character you play. We've played all of the ones in the main. We both played all of the ones in the main set now. Yeah. And I think we've only played a couple from the ex expansions so far. Yes, I know we played. I played Isma. Yeah. I think that might be it. And I think Mother Gothel. Right? I played Mother Gothel? Yeah. Or did I play Mother no, Gothel? No, you played Mother yeah, Gothel I when played I played Gothel. Yeezma. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, like, for example, Prince John, his objective was to get a certain amount of power. So, like, I feel like your focus is very narrow. You don't have to think about too much. Whereas, like, there are some, like, I would say, like, Queen of Hearts is pretty complicated. You're, like, you have the card guards, and you're turning them into wickets, and you're, like, t turning cards, like, to represent different things, and it's just, like... Yeah, there's shrinking and growing of allies and, and heroes, and then you gotta make the shot, so you gotta take a shot through all your wickets. <laughs> yeah, and so allies are things that you can play that like kind of help you defeat heroes and heroes are things that the other player can take from your fate deck and put on your playing board to kind of make your objective harder to accomplish yeah just to put it like more simply exactly and so you as the as opponents you kind of basically the main thing you're doing to your opponent is you pick a fate spot on your board like when you move there and you make them draw from their fate deck which kind of screws them over like i don't have any cards in my deck as scar that i can do anything to yzma like no i can only take from your fate deck to do something to you yeah. So yeah, like Greg said, it's kind of all contained within your own you character. Easily play if you had, if you had it at your house and someone had, it, had their house, you could easily play this over like a, a Zoom call or whatever. Yeah. You don't need to, like you you need to monitor what they're what they're doing. Yeah. Because like if it looks like oh they're about to win, you're definitely going to want to move over to a, a fate location to kind of try and throw a wrench in it. Mm -hmm. And they. That's the, the interesting thing is you might think a game's over and then one one fake card can bring it up another 10, 20 minutes or yeah, something like yeah. that. Completely screw you over. Because yeah. you draw three each time. Mm -hmm. So, But yeah, I would say the difficulty is definitely... I would say the, the 10 age requirement is appropriate because I'm not familiar with this type of game and it's definitely like it's not a passive game to play. Like, you definitely have to be in the mood to focus and pay attention. Like, if you want to have fun playing it. Like, you can't be in kind of like a I don't want to think kind yeah. of mood. So, oh. I would say it's, like, good because when I play it, I feel like my brain has been, like, worked a little bit. Because, <laughs> like, you are paying attention or you should be paying attention to both the other person's board and yours. And once you have a lot of cards down, it's like there's a lot to keep track of. Um, for me, I find that my tendency is to start to focus mostly on my own board because I kind of look over at yours and I'm like, I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> Just like, whatever. I think that's part of the charm of it too in that you, you can play it so many times because 
I think it's one of those games that you you will probably start to have the most fun once you know all the characters. Because, like you said, Little John is the easiest to play that in our experience just because you don't need to understand much. You just need to move the spots and gather as much power as possible, which there are cards that help you do that and cards in your Fate deck that stop you from doing that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other ones where you need to, like Susie said, set up all these wickets and make the shot, it's a little more abstract. And every character's got a unique objective. Some of them have unique card set up and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that um, that changes for each guy so it makes it it makes it interesting like you're you're not going to have the same strategy against one person as the other because some people want something from their fate deck so that you might not want to use that fate because if they're sitting there kind of stuck where they are like Jafar needs the genie and if he doesn't have it it's sort of like okay well maybe I don't want to do that to him and help him get the genie if all he's got is three cards left because the genie's definitely there or something Mm -hmm. but also the thing is too is that if you just let them run wild and do their thing maybe once he draws that genie he pretty much wins Mm -hmm. so you need to because then you know with the decks you shuffle them back in like you don't run out of cards essentially unless all of your cards ended up on the table yeah but it's 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 very well designed it's I think it's very clever. I think it's lots of fun. I think it um, you have to play it a few times and you have to play each character a few times, which is, I think, where the huge replayability comes in before you really grasp everything. Yeah, I would say when you get, like, the main set, it's good to kind of have, like, one person kind of have a clear maybe like the more patient person in your group to have a good grasp on like the the kind of rules of the game what they all kind of looks like and then to do like a practice playthrough and have that person like walk the other person or the rest of the group through the whole vibe or like flow of the game and then so you kind of feel like you actually have an idea of what's going on before you're actually like playing playing and then I think trying to go through each of the characters in the set once through um, is good. And then definitely once you play them the second time or once you um, once you played against them. Like, so once you've been a character and then played against the character, I feel like you have a really clear sense of, like what to do to beat that character and how to win as that character. Well, I think I think that's the thing. We, we kind of touched on it, but is that while you don't directly draw cards or do stuff, like your cards on your side don't affect the other person, you do get to choose what to do with the, the fate cards that are drawn. So if you don't know what you're trying to stop from happening, you probably play them in the wrong spot. Is kind of it like mm-hmm. or just as we were talking about prince john prince john has a jail and the jail doesn't have any spots that you can any abilities you can cover yeah so if you have no idea what you're doing you might play someone to the jail but that doesn't make any sense because mm-hmm. you want to play them to cover abilities and all that stuff yeah it's hard to explain when there's not like a uh a visual. Yeah, we but, might even. I'll we'll post a picture. Yeah, and just we'll, we'll post a picture of. Look at this while we discuss like, it. The characters and 
we'll post a picture of like one of the characters game boards or maybe a couple of them and then yeah you can kind of take a look at like what we're referring to I, we just wanted to talk about because we thought it was a really cool fun game and it's very well designed very clever it looks really good um the one thing i will mention with the rules and everything that is the the wording is very specific for stuff so it and it's very intentional so they'll say this cannot be played here but when it says played here that's what it means you can move something there but you can't play it there things like that it's very deliberate about the language and also each character comes with a little descriptor uh, book guide, yeah a little guide and gives you a bit of tips and... it does and if you read it like we've always been reading it before we play but i would say don't be alarmed if you read it before you play and you're like uh what because you don't have any experience with any of what that guide is referring to yet and then as you play, it's kind of helpful to have it sitting there and you can kind of look back on it to be like, oh, I remember it saying something about that. And yeah. then you can check what it says. Because, yeah, reading through them at the beginning, I'm usually like, I don't have any idea what it's, this is talking about. It's not about. a game you're going to master on your first playthrough. You're not going to have... No, and like, we haven't played all the characters and even the ones we've played, I wouldn't feel like... You'd have to play them all a few times to feel really like you could get more tricky and clever yeah with what you decide to do like more strategic i guess yeah but right. yeah good game definitely recommend it i'd say definitely fun for like a couple of people would be like a really fun game night game for a group of people um you can definitely like leave it and come back to it um if you have animals you might want to kind of tuck it away a little more but um just because there's lots of tempting little cards especially if you have cats like <laughs> we do to slide around and kick off the table but yeah definitely recommend and yeah i think if you're too if you're a board game really into board games i think you'll like it too which, you know, so, like we generally only play, like we play Monopoly, Game of Life, Boggle and stuff like that. So if you're really into board games, this probably, you probably pick it up a lot quicker than we have. But I do think that it offers a lot for people that are really into them because there's a lot of strategy and, well, we've got however many characters, um, 15 characters and they all play differently and they all have different ways you want to play against them. So lots of creativity and strategy going into it well that's villainous mm -hmm. you're welcome disney for promoting your game we'll take a 10 percent profit cut yeah yeah i i think i'll i'll take a review copy of a new expansion how about that Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where you get to, like, play it. And yeah. It. Sure, that works, too. Or, like, a free annual pass when Disneyland is not scary anymore. Yeah. Anyways, I'm rambling. I think there's a lot more public figures that have probably advertised many more Disney things. What? Get a lot less than we do. What? Yeah. 
We have like two people listening. Yeah. That audience. Two more purchases of this game. You're right? You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. In this climate, all of it counts. All of it counts, yeah. Okay, that's the end. That's the end. Bye. Culture.com. I've taken some points from their analysis of Scar. And I'm going to use some of their points as our talking points, and then we'll kind of elaborate from our own analysis. Uh-huh. So, according to this website, and I would agree with my extensive psychological knowledge, <laughs> that Scar has antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. and this can be seen through his obsession with power and himself and only looking out for his own agenda without consideration for how it will affect anybody else and also just like the fact that he has no yeah, he has no consideration for consequences or well the well-being of others, like, zero. Like, even the ones that he is technically, you know, like the hyenas, he's technically, like, their chum slash leader, mm-hmm. but he's willing to throw them aside, too. Like, he has no... There's no living thing in his life that he would that would stop him from behaving in the way that he wants to behave to acquire the goals that he has. Mm-hmm. So, like, based off of you do have knowledge, what would make that different than the, like, psychopath of um, Jafar? Like... like Honestly, like, he could probably be... Because personality disorders are a little bit of a... They're not really... Kind of a moving target. They are a moving target. Like, they're... They have distinctive qualities, but, like, they're not the same. They don't present the same in every person. So, like, someone could have a personality disorder and only have two or three. Like, you don't need to have every single trait of that disorder right so like 
Whereas like with being like a sociopath or a psychopath, you need to have every single, it's like a diagnosable right. thing. Whereas like a personality disorder is more like a suspected thing. Like you can't really confirm it. It's more just like observational, like this person's off. Well, like I guess with say Jafar, he's, you wouldn't say he was antisocial because he's, He's an advisor. Like, that's a very strange position to hold if you're anti... You know what I mean? But Scar... Yeah, like, so... He... Jafar is... Jafar has everyone fooled. Yeah. Because he's charming. Whereas Scar doesn't really have anybody fooled. And he's everyone thinks on the side... He's literally on the other side of Prime Yeah, Rock. like, everyone thinks he's a dirtbag. Yeah. From the beginning. And, like, that's what is different. Is like, a sociopath is so charming that nobody thinks that there's anything abnormal about them yeah, until the only, they behave in such a way that proves that they are. Yeah, the only like person who believes Scar, you get the impression, is Simba. Yeah. Who's a child. A child. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely on the other side. He's never like really with, like too, like with the anti-social, he's never really with the hyenas. He's up here. Yeah. Which would also play into the narcissism as well. Yes. Like he's above them. He's above them, yeah, and he just doesn't, like, he's very, like, it's another thing with, like, antisocial is, like, it's generally a person who's very, like, impulsive without consideration of consequences, too. So, like, he doesn't consider, even just with, like, the food and stuff like that, like, he has them hunt in such a way that's not sustainable and just to demonstrate, you know, I'm the powerful one, you listen to me, Mm -hmm. you know, hunt everything. And then it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing left. And he didn't think about that. Yeah, and, and like, who knows what symbolism they're going for in the stories and all that stuff, even purposefully or subconsciously, like, he doesn't want to leave Pride Rock for one that's called Pride Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and another thing is there's a huge rock in the middle of there, like, he, he's willing to lose everything including all the food and land and everything to just sustain this i'm the king this is my castle mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna leave my castle because then what am i a king of kind mm-hmm. of thing and then you know there's like killing your nephew and brother mm-hmm. and and that's the thing too is that makes him like especially evil as he intended to kill simba yeah so his little plaything there is so manipulative yeah like he could have just gone down there like i guess the thought would be maybe someone could see him kill simba or something like that but like realistically he didn't need to make simba believe he killed his father no there was no real point to that other than because simba wouldn't have known that it was him yeah so that nobody would have known it was him yeah so he just basically toyed with him 30 seconds before he sent hyenas to kill him yeah for like he could have just sent hyenas to kill him yeah unless he was go like because that's the thing unless he thought that hyenas might not kill him right but he seems pretty mad that they didn't well yeah so obviously he thought that they would have done it i don't know if it was his i don't think it was a backup plan i think it was him sort of being just evil Mm -hmm. wasn't uh whatever you call it 
can't think of it any anything other than backup plan. Yeah. Um, there's another word for it though. I can't think of it. That's too bad. Contingency plan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's just a dirtbag through and through. Dirtbag through and through. So that. Yeah. Is. I, well, I, I, just because there is the other one, there is, um, as well as Aladdin, coincidentally, there's the live action of Lion King. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a little while, but unlike Jafar in Aladdin and Jafar in the cartoon or animation, animated movie, um, I don't feel like there's much of a difference between their very... Between the scars? Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean... One does like a spoken word song versus the be prepared song. Oh, yes, right. It's more. Um, yeah, I know. He seems like consistent. With yeah, the cartoon. He's not pleasant. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. His motivation doesn't seem any different. No. Well, there. that's something that we didn't have with Jafar. How do you feel about Scar's song? Honestly, I I don't remember it. You don't remember? From the live action? Oh. I was meaning from the animated movie. Oh, like Be Prepared? Yeah. How do you like that? His song. Is it is it semi-evil? Is it deliciously evil? Is it like... Oh. Um, I'm just meaning like... We're, does the song to... really fit his character, I guess? His... Feel like it all? Yes. You know what I mean? I would say yes. If we're going just with the psych and talking about the villain. I would say yes because it's like, um, it's almost like, there's like almost like a, not, not for all of it, but in the beginning it's got like a playful kind of Mm -hmm. vibe to it. You know what I mean? It's very, like, it's not, it doesn't get more intense until the like marching hyenas or whatever. Yeah. But... I think it kind of shows, like, the fact that he's not really considering the seriousness of what he's doing. The fact that he's kind of singing in this, like, playful way. Mm-hmm. You know, a shiny new era is tiptoeing nearer. And, like, you know, yeah. he's, just, he's very, like, doing his little, like, prancy dance. and Yeah, and he's talking about killing his brother. Yeah. He just <laughs> seems very lighthearted about it all. Yeah. I think that fits with him being not thinking though. And he, and he gets more intense once sort of he needs to get his point across. Yes. I just, it's, it's interesting because sometimes you can flip into a song and they're like, does this song match with the character? I think Disney's pretty good with that. Yeah. I think. And like when they're all marching in the Nazi-like manner um, yeah. and he's like up above and he looks very like satisfied with, you know what I mean? He's yeah. very like, yes, I'm powerful. Yeah. He's definitely like thriving off of which is totally in line with him. Yeah. Well, now, I guess just, I know we talked about him a little bit, but just to dive a little deeper into Scar. So, obviously Mufasa is the bigger, more kingly lion than Scar. So, do do we think Scar was like a runt of his litter, or? Oh, because he's like so much... Mm, I don't know about that. I think it's more like access to food and stuff. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to, like, you know what I mean? He seems to be off feeding off of slim pickings. You know what I mean? So if, if we're going like with that. Like he's leaner. Like I yeah. don't think he's like that much smaller. 
he's just like leaner and not his lustrous, you know, he doesn't have as lustrous of a mane. So he appears quite a bit smaller. So just because this is... And it, also, oh. I think in nature, lion, male lions, they compete to be like the king yeah. of a uh, pack. Pride. Pride. Yeah. Duh. And um, I think that there's a reason why the ones that end up as king do is because they're bigger and stronger. So you don't necessarily have to be a runt, but you were not bigger than the one that won over you. Yeah, I know. But like this is, it's done like yeah. it's a hierarchy, like yeah. a monarchy or whatever. Yeah. So it was, I'm just thinking, so do you think if you're saying that he's got slim pickings, I'm just going to dive into the psych of him. Of Scar? Of, yeah. Yeah. If you've got slim pickings, apparently there's a cartoon, like a TV show that someone mentioned. About Scar? About like lying. I don't know. I think. Someone mentioned that there was something that showed how Scar got a scar. Oh, wasn't it our niece? I think so. Maybe, yeah, okay. Anyways, but so maybe there's more stuff into his, but as someone who's only watched the movie. So you're saying that he's got slim pickings. Sorry, circular thing here. But, but so you think he's always had, he doesn't have like a complex. Like he's got a disorder. You know what I mean? He's always been this way. So that's why he's an outcast. Not that he, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think the difference between someone with a complex and a disorder is a very fine line. Like nature versus nurture. Yeah, like because everybody can have a complex about like sibling rivalry and yeah. that kind of stuff, but like it crosses over to a new new level when you contemplate murdering them yeah and like it's no longer just a complex like yeah. most people in the world walk around with a complex about something yeah whether it's their parents or their siblings or whatever but like to actually let your brain ruminate on your hatred of that person and then have that hatred lead you to the conclusion that the best way to go is to murder your nephew is more than just a complex yeah, so I guess I'm just going into, like, do we think that Mufasa and Scar were, like, friendly brothers in the beginning? And mm, then I don't sort get of... Grew, oh, and then when... Up, yeah, I don't when know. When he became king, he it tipped something? Or do you think do we think that he's always been... Like, that's why I was going, going that with him being leaner, he's always been kind of the outcast. And, you know, he's always kind of distanced himself and... Kind of just, yeah. It's interesting to think about. I don't think you can really know, obviously. No. Unless you watch the show that maybe goes into it. Yeah. I mean, he's got a scar. He probably got scratched. I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. But maybe he got scratched fighting. That's that's what I'm going at. Maybe he got scratched fighting Mufasa to be king. Hmm. You know. Interesting. And then he, you know, lost and had himself aside and then he's just stewed on it mm -hmm. but yes i would agree even if it is a complex obviously you, you cross there's an underlying issue there if you decide that well i'm gonna kill my brother you're not yeah. a healthy person yeah if you come to that conclusion yeah yeah but we'll call that that's Disney Psych on Scar mm -hmm. from The Lion King. Mm -hmm. Up next, for our game of the week, we promised some competition. So we are going to play Disney trivia. 
off of the Disney Play app. Yeah, we're kind of cheating here, but... Well, we're it's hard to come up with your own trivia. It is, without that without... one person knowing and the other person not. Right, like, I don't yeah. know how... I... No, it needs to be from an external source. We're giving free promotional... For... for... Promotion for Disney Play. Yeah, which is a cool app if you're in the parks. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun, it's neat, and you can do some of the stuff at home. I think you can do most of it at home now. They uh, unlocked it all or whatever. Oh, probably, yeah. Um, because before, you used to need to be in the lineups to do yeah. certain things. You'd still have to be in for like the Peter Pan one and stuff because you're little... interacting with the lineup. Yeah. But other games, you had to be in the line. So we'll give it a try. We'll see how it works. Um, I've played it before. I don't know if we can trade off. Maybe one of maybe I'll try and keep score here. Let's see who wins. Okay. I don't know how many gives us or anything. It's been a long time, so. Okay. But this is Disney Parks trivia at Disneyland. Okay. So. So we're we gonna trade off. Yeah, we'll trade off. Okay. We'll see how it handles it. I don't know if we got a timer or what. Okay, so we get ten questions. Okay. And it looks like you get four options. Okay. And we'll see who can do the best. So who wants to start? You can start. So I'll start. This is my question. Yes. Do you want to read the question to me? Sure. How about we do it that way? Okay. Welcome to Pooh Corner on the Disney Channel featured many songs written by the Sherman Brothers. Which character's song was titled I Hum to Myself? Piglet, Eeyore, Tigger, or Pooh? I have no idea, but I'm gonna pick Pooh. Wrongo! Piglet. Okay. And did you know the Sherman Brothers were awarded the Disney Legends Award in 1990? Oh. I knew they were Disney Legends. I did not know it was 1990. Mm-hmm. Question two. True or false? Funding for the original Disneyland Park and WED Enterprises now known as Walt Disney Imagineering, initially came out of Walt Disney's own pocket. True. Correct. Did you know, to turn his idea of the happiest place on earth into reality, Walt sold his vacation home in Palm Springs, California, and even borrowed against his life insurance? Hmm. Okay, so... Gotta keep score here somehow. So one... In what year was the first Disneyland souvenir guidebook released? 2015, 1964, 1955, or 1978? I'm going to go 1978. Okay. Wrong. 1955. Oh. Very early. Right when it opened, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. I, so my reasoning for that, and does it give us a do you know? It does not. Oh. My thought was, I don't know if he would have put that out in 1955. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. 1964 was the World's Fair, so I felt like that was kind of, sort of trying to be a red herring. Mm-hmm. But 2000 felt too late. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. but sure enough. They got right on that merchandise. Yes. Question four. On what street was the very first Disney studio in California located? State Street, Kingswell Avenue, Main Street, or Broadway Boulevard? Can you repeat those? State Street, 
Kingswell Avenue, Main Street, and Broadway Boulevard. State Street. State Street? Wrong. Alright. So, did you know... What's the correct answer? Oh, sorry. I was reading the did you know. But Kingswell Avenue. Oh, okay. Sorry. Leave everybody hanging there. Yeah. I'll have to Google it. Yeah. With a monthly rental of a whopping $10, Walt Disney and his brother Roy began working out of their small studio on Kingswell Avenue in 1923 until moving to a larger quarters on Hyperion Avenue in 1926. Hmm. Interesting. So that's the... Hyperion Theater on the end of Hollywood thing. I wonder if it's named after that. Hmm. Or maybe there's a Hyperion Theater in Hollywood. I don't know enough about theaters. I don't. I don't either. Trains of all kinds play an important role in many Disney theme parks. What was the name of the railroad Walt Disney built in the backyard of his Homeby Hills home in Los Angeles, California? Was it the Atchison Topeka Railway? The Santa Fe Line, the Mickey Mouse Express, or the Carrollwood Pacific Railroad? These are hard. They are hard. Um, I'm going to go with A. Atchison Topeka Railway? Yep. Nope. Ah, that was my second choice. Carrollwood Pacific Railroad was yep. the right answer. Did you know, a lifelong fan of trains, Walt Disney eschewed traditional landscaping in favor of a spectacular model railroad at his home on Carrollwood Drive in uh, Los Angeles, California. So if those little nuggets of trivia had stuck with us from that, it would make it, that question would have been easy. Yeah. I did not know he was on Carrollwood Drive. No, I didn't either. Um, but if you have not seen the backyard train, definitely look it up. I'm sure there's... I know it's in some of the documentaries. Well, yeah, especially the, um, what was the one we watched? It's like a multi... Oh, the Imagineering story? Imagineering story. Yeah, just, you should... You get lots of footage of the train on that. Yeah, definitely need to see that. Yeah. Um, okay. Question six. What is the name of Cruella DeVille's sinister-looking home in Disney's 101 Dalmatians? Chateau de Feu? Villa de Ville, Hell Hall, or Dalmatian Mansion? Hell Hall. Hell Hall? You are correct. Yes! I knew I had heard that somewhere. Did you know? Beware, you just might encounter Cruella during Halloween celebrations at both Magic Kingdom Park in Florida and Disneyland Park in California. We saw her. Okay. She's very good. She is good. Okay. Which of the following floats did not debut in the Main Street Electrical Parade when it opened at Disneyland Park in 1972? Pete's Dragon. Chinese Dragon. Blue Fairy. Or Cinderella's coach? I'm going to go with Chinese dragon. No. 
Peach, Peach Dragon. Dragon. So Peach Dragon. Oh, well, let's see what it says for Did You Know. It said, Did you know the Main Street Electrical Parade is so popular that it's also taken place in many Disney theme parks around the globe, including Tokyo Disneyland and Disneyland Park in Paris? Can we do a slight pause here and see when Peach Dragon came out? I feel like that probably would have been a clue. We can do. We are not doing well on this quiz. Nope. It's very hard. Just so people, if people are curious, we selected the Disneyland Park and then I selected Trivia on Main Street. So I don't know if it's themed differently depending on what land you pick. 1977. So it hadn't even come out yet. There we go. Yeah. That's hard when you weren't alive during yeah. those times to remember all those dates. Well, it's impossible. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying I... I don't remember it happening. What oh. I mean is I remember Disneyland opened oh, yeah, July seventeenth, yeah. nineteen fifty five. When I wasn't born yet, yes. Pete's Dragon came out. Okay. I, I don't I've never been a fan of Pete's Dragon. I liked the original when I was a kid. I haven't seen it we as should, an adult. We should watch the new one. Yeah. It's supposed to be good. Okay. On to question eight. Hmm. What does the phrase sum sum mean in Japanese? We have must must, cute cute, jack jack, or stack stack. Stack stack. Stack stack? I think that's a good guess. You are correct. Boom. Does anyone, I, do they still do the sums? I wonder. I think uh, they do. I don't know. I haven't been anywhere Disney. Because the Disney store has been closed, too, yeah. in a while. Because they had them at the Disney store, usually. I think they still make them. Yeah. If you haven't seen them, they're cute little stuffies. I they're think they're adorable. like $5 or like for the smallest ones. Yeah, they're really cute. They're just a... They're good if you have like a little kid. They're yeah. Like I mean... a little palm-sized kind of thing. Or the big ones are good for like a little pillow or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're a cute thing. And they had a game, too, on the phone. That does not have a did you know. Okay. All right, we're getting down to the wire here. I feel like I'm winning. Uh, you are winning. The Walt Disney Company, then known as the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio, was founded on October 16th, 1923. What other Disney company was incorporated just a hair over 29 years later? Disneyland Inc., Wed Enterprises, Walt Disney World Co. or ESPN? Okay, so this is 29 years of 1923? Yes, so in 1952. What was added? Disneyland Inc., Wed Enterprises, Walt Disney World Co. or ESPN? I'm probably wrong. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with Disneyland Inc. Nope. Wed it was wed. Uh, I. I think Disneyland Enterprises would be too early. Well, but Wed was building Dis like was designing Disneyland, so I thought it might have got the oh, name Wed gotcha. after Disneyland. Okay. But I guess it got it before Disneyland. It says Wed Enterprises was formed on December sixteenth, nineteen fifty-two, for the purpose of developing the original Disneyland Park in California, and later changed its name to Walt Disney Imagineering. Yeah. So I thought. That it would have... I thought Disneyland Inc. was founded and then... You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know if Disneyland Inc. even exists. Yeah. I'm really good at this. 
Final question. I don't know if I got any right. I don't think I did. Sad times. How many acres of California land did Walt Disney purchase in August of 1953 for the creation of Disneyland Park? 180, 160, 150, and 170. 160. 160. You are correct. <laughs> did you know... Boy, how times change. When Walt made the purchase back in 1953, the land that would become Disneyland Park was priced at about $4,500 per acre. What was the score? I think I got like four right. You got four, and I got zero. Boom! So, I did very poorly. I feel like your questions were a little harder. Yeah, I mean... They were like, there was a few date-related ones. I think Those for, ones are tricky. for me, it's that I, I, I know it in a lot of the history and stuff in broad terms, but to like get the specifics and it's like, it's like, ew, like, like I said, I don't know if there was a Disneyland Inc. I just yeah. thought that WED came after Disneyland, yeah. the name, mm -hmm. but obviously not. Well. And things like that, it's just, I don't know. But I lose. <laughs> I win. Yeah, four to nothing. Yep. So that was Disney Parks trivia. Oh, and I get we get to rate it. I don't like it. It's okay. It's so much fun. I'd say it was fun. So much fun. There's not really in between. Not really, no. It was better than, yeah. So I don't know if there's different... Um, Trivias in different lands. It looks like there is. I don't know if the questions are themed to those lands, but maybe we'll try some other time. Mm -hmm. But I think it's better to let them do it because they'll give us questions that neither of us might know. Yeah. Instead of us researching and trying to stump each other, which would be very easy as this test just proved. Yeah, you could just like take random facts. Yeah. Okay, well that does it for game time. That does it. Disneyland trivia. It also does it for our episode. Season 2, episode 2. Yep. We will see you next time on Strolling, Strolling Down, Down Main Street. Street. Jazz hands. <laughs>